poppin' everybody. This is your host of the Wrestling Takeover. I am Jordan Turner. Welcome back to the show. This is Friday, July 2nd, 2021. We got Pro Wrestling's Hottest Topics. We got number 36. We got a lot of great topical discussions to get to in the world of WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. So let's get right into it. Edgar, drop that intro. Welcome to... You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. What's popping? Now, um, I know I have a podcast out of the wrestling takeover, but I am in the transformation of coming up with a new name. The podcast I already have the name. I'm getting my, you know, logo designed right now. Um, I'm just not clicking with the name, the wrestling takeover. So, in the next podcast, you guys are going to be hearing a different name. This and that, and um, it is going to be titled "Keep It Real 365." Pretty much, the description of it is, you know, we keeping it real all the time. You know what I mean? When we talk pro wrestling, we're always honest, we're truthful, we don't sugarcoat anything. Whatever is on our mind, we're going to speak up about it. Period. End of story. Now, the 365 thing, wrestling is 365. It's yearly. So we're going to keep it honest. We're going to keep it truthful. 365 days a year. You feel me? So that's pretty much the description of it. I hope you guys enjoy the upcoming new name. And uh, like I said, the wrestling takeover, to me, it wasn't popping like I thought it should be. You know, So that's just my opinion on that. And um, that's about it. So... Let's get right into this topic, man. WWE, we're starting off. We got a lot of topics in the WWE. We're starting off first with John Morrison, as he says, his WWE return didn't go as expected. Shout out to Ringside News for this article. Um, I'm going to have to do a little uh, sound take for Mr. John Morrison. It's not a good one. Reason why I did that is because John Morrison, you should have expected to be presented and pushed the way you're being right now. Before I read this article here from Rigside News, I just want to give you guys my opinions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys my opinions first before I read, you know, the news and the articles. So John Morrison here, check this out, right? We're going to keep it real. And uh, and say that John Morrison going to the WWE, he should have expected to be pushed the way he is right now. He was in Impact Wrestling. He was in Lucha Underground. As Johnny Mundo, right? He wasn't in the WWE anymore. So in WWE's eyes, they felt like you betrayed them. So how do you think that you are going to come back to the WWE and pretty much be pushed the way that you were pushed previously before you left. You know, I said to myself, I don't mind the Miz and John Morrison as a duo, as a tag team for a bit. I wouldn't mind that, but my God, man, they've been a duo for a very long time. We know how good John Morrison is, right? He proved it in Impact Wrestling. He proved it and Lucha Underground. This guy's very talented inside that square circle. So I want to see him go after the Intercontinental Championship or U.S. Championship, depending on if he gets drafted to whatever brand. Maybe start being taken seriously. Having Taya Valkyrie bring up Taya Valkyrie up to the main roster. I feel like Taya Valkyrie doesn't need a lot of seasoning on NXT, but we all know the best of the best, you know, have to go through 
the NXT brand. Look at AJ Styles, for example. He stated following his Royal Rumble debut, which was one of the best debuts, uh, following his debut, he stated that, in his opinion, he should have been in NXT because he didn't know the ropes, you know what I mean, in terms of camera angles and everything like that, and the way production is in the WWE, on the main roster specifically. So him saying that he should have been down in NXT pretty much shows that it doesn't matter how big you are or anything like that. You don't know the WWE way. So NXT is going to show you the WWE way. And then you're going to go up to the main roster and you're in Vince McMahon's hands. So it is what it is. But John Morrison, he's a talented guy. He's a great wrestler. Him and Ricochet this past Monday night had a great match. Both men I could easily see challenge for the United States Championship. Sheamus is the champion right now. I'm pretty happy he's the champion. He pretty much has a resurgence, did Sheamus. And I want the U.S. Championship to be booked as a serious mid-card championship and not be a prop, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to read this article here. That's my opinion on John Morrison pretty much complaining that he didn't expect to be pushed the way he's been pushed right now. John Morrison, you should have known that. You need to suck it up, bro. Hopefully you are going to be pushed for the second half of this year. We'll see what's happening with that. So, John Morrison is a true veteran in pro wrestling and worked in WWE for many years before departing from the company back in 2012. While many fans thought it was a short hiatus, Morrison wouldn't return to the company until 2019. Morrison's return to the company was not as impactful or memorable as many fans had hoped, and it seemed even Morrison feels the same way. Shocker. While speaking with Scott Fisherman of TW Insider, shout out to Scott Fisherman, man. John Morrison was asked how he felt about his WWE return so far. John Morrison revealed that his return didn't go quite as expected for the most part, but things have gone the way that he likes. Yeah, when he says it's gone the way he likes, he's talking about teaming with his best friend, The Miz. Other than that, I don't see how he is liking what he's doing right now, period. That's facts. John Morrison is not going to sit up here and tell us that he's liking everything that's been going on. I call bullshit on that. So John Morrison said, I quote, In wrestling, things never really go the way you expect. I was really excited to come back and work with Miz. In the Chronicle documentary that talks about my return, Dolph Ziggler is walking towards me while cameras are following. All I did for my debut was open the door and say, I'm sorry, Miz, doesn't feel like talking to you right now. Ziggler gives me a high five and says, sweet debut, bro. Did that go how I expected? No. Everybody thinks of ideas and the bases they see themselves in as main event guys. I certainly do. But since they have things going on the way I liked, definitely yes. Listen, John Morrison right now, I hope he has a resurgence in, you know, the next year of 2020, the, re the excuse me, the second sequence of 2021. And he's pushed pretty much at the top of the card like i said challenging for the u.s title or even challenging for the wwe championship now i think that's a stretch but i think it's possible and i think it could really happen so we'll see how you know john morrison is presented following the upcoming wwe draft next topic y'all I'm going to kind of rant a little bit here. So, just wanted to let you guys know. I will be cursing. I apologize. But I'm very passionate about, you know, me talking pro wrestling. And I love talking WWE. If it's in a negative or positive way. But I'm very passionate. So, I'm going to be talking about Drew McIntyre. And I want to let you guys know, I don't have any articles here regarding... This topic regarding Drew McIntyre, I'm just going to talk 
um, from the top of the head. So Drew McIntyre is scheduled to be in the money in the bank. I'm pretty scared. Pretty nervous. You see, I love Drew McIntyre. I'm a fan of Drew McIntyre. He feels like a big deal. He feels like a top guy on a particular brand. But let's be honest. Is Drew McIntyre really the top guy in WWE right now? The answer is no. Okay. Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley have been feuding for months and months and months. Drew McIntyre recently lost against Bobby Lashley in a great Hell in a Cell match. And then he's automatically gifted an opportunity to go into Money in the Bank, which is going to be taking place in the next couple weeks. So Drew McIntyre has already been given another opportunity to pretty much go after Bobby Lashley and the WWE Championship. I don't like that. I'm not fucking with that at all. Period. Here's why. We've seen McIntyre in the WWE Championship picture for a very long time. There's a reason for that. And the sole reason is Monday Night Raw does not have a lot of baby faces outside of Drew McIntyre. That is a fact. And Vince McMahon is a big fan of Drew McIntyre. We all know this. Because if he was not a fan of Drew McIntyre right now and he got bored of McIntyre, then McIntyre wouldn't be qualified to go to Money in the Bank. Right? So, Vince McMahon being a fan of McIntyre, that's fine. But I don't want McIntyre to ultimately win the Money in the Bank and get, you know, fan backlash. That's what I feel like that's what's going to happen with Drew McIntyre if he wins the Money in the Bank. And McIntyre actually being in Money in the Bank makes it really... Predictable. Now, again, predictable is not bad. Okay? There's good predictable, and then there's bad predictable. This is bad predictable. Why is Drew McIntyre in the money in the bank if he's not going to win the briefcase? That just logically makes no sense to me. Right? So, if McIntyre... You know, he's in the match. There's no way he loses. Right? And the men's money in the bank so far, I don't know who's going to win that match. I really don't. You know what I mean? In terms of star power this year, the raw money in the, the, the men's money in the bank, excuse me, is pretty weak in my opinion. So is the women. You know, overall, the money in the bank, briefcase, the two matches are pretty weak in terms of the lineups currently as we sit today McIntyre is in the match he's pretty much rumored to win the match and I have a feeling that he's going to win we're going to get McIntyre Lashley again at SummerSlam and that's where McIntyre is going to win the WWE Championship in front of a full capacity fans I don't want that. I want to get a new person in there to face Bobby Lashley. Now, I, you know, this is my opinion. I feel like Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre have great chemistry. They really do have great chemistry. But I'm tired of seeing the same person get chance after chance. You know what I mean? And like I said, I'm a fan of Drew McIntyre. So I don't want anybody twisting my words at all. I am a fan of Drew McIntyre. Okay. I just get tired of seeing the same person getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity when they keep losing. That's just my opinion. So that's my piece on Drew McIntyre entering the Money in the Bank match. I don't think he deserves to win the Money in the Bank because he's been on a losing streak right now. Maybe that's ultimately the story that Drew is going to consistently lose and lose and lose, right? And then his crowning achievement is winning the money in the bank. 
We'll see what happens with that, but that's my piece on this topic. Next up, you guys, this is going to be controversial as fuck. Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the greatest of all time in my top three. No cap. So Drew, you know, uh, not Drew McIntyre, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I just got done talking about Drew McIntyre. Stone Cold Steve Austin on wrestling's Mount Rushmore. Yes, Stone Cold Steve Austin actually talked about his wrestling Mount Rushmore. Now, you guys are going to either agree with Stone Cold Steve Austin or you are going to flat out disagree with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was talking with Bleacher Report. Shout out to Bleacher Report Pro Wrestling. Now, Stone Cold Steve Austin had this to say via Busted Open Radio. My two guys that I will always go to are Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And I leave the rest up to anybody else. So Stone Cold Steve Austin is saying in terms of the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling, he's technically saying if you don't have Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair on your list, your list is invalid. But these two are, you know, the two people that are on his list. It looks like number one and two. I have one, two, three. I just don't have number four. I will tell you my top three right now. They've been the same for decades. They have been in the same spot for decades. Number one is The Undertaker. Number two is Shawn Michaels. Number three is the guy that mentioned Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you ask me, Jordan, who's your fourth? Y'all, I don't have a fourth. I don't know. That is very, very tough. There's many names. I'm not going to mention them, but there's a lot of names. I don't just want to throw someone, you know, in the number four slot that I don't feel like should be there. But like I said, number one, two, and three are just too easy for me. Those men are staying in those spots. Number four, up for debate like everybody you know every time we talk who's in the mount rushmore who's the four i always hear different names for one two and three but i always you know kind of ask people like okay who's your fourth you asked me who's my fourth and i told you i don't have a fourth it's very difficult i ask them the same question they give me the same answer number four slot is very difficult it's very controversial and it can go from any single person. So I just wanted to give you guys my thoughts on my opinion on what Stone Cold Steve Austin said on Bleach Report on Busted Open Radio and Dave LaGreca. Now, another rant. Um, I don't know what the fuck MVP is smoking. So MVP calls out fans for criticizing WWE storylines. What a shocker. MVP. MVP. Shut the fuck up. You are doing a great job with Bobby Lashley right now. You're literally another name shitting on the fan base. What a fucking shocker. WWE wrestlers, WWE management. What is with you guys shitting on us fans? What's the problem with shitting on the fans? I don't get it. I just don't understand it. It just, it irates the shit out of me. It pisses me off that this company and these wrestlers constantly shit on the fan base. If it's in interviews, if it's on social media, whatever the fuck type of platform they're on. They want to shit on the fans. But then they want to get mad at us, the fan base, when we don't like a particular character or a particular storyline. I don't get it. The relationship is very convoluted. But you know what? We're more passionate, you know what I mean, than these wrestlers. We care for these wrestlers. I think these wrestlers don't understand that. I think the WWE wrestlers don't understand 
that we are very vocal. Yes, we are very picky. Yes, but we're fucking passionate. Okay, we want the WWE to be top tier in the pro wrestling scene, in the pro wrestling game. Okay, right now, you're pretty much getting beat by AEW. Impact Wrestling is doing phenomenal right now. New Japan Pro Wrestling is doing phenomenal right now. I can't wait to talk about Dominion and other top big pro wrestling shows coming up this summer. Definitely tune into that. But this is from Ringside News once again. MVP calls out fans for criticizing WWE storylines. Hey, MVP, we are always going to be critical of criticizing WWE storylines. Clown. Okay? I'll speak for myself. I'm very vocal. I'm very passionate. And I don't like to sit and just take what the fuck the WWE is giving me. If they're giving me shit, I am going to speak up about it. I'll be respectful. But at the end of the day, I am going to speak my mind. No one is going to tell me different. Not even MVP. Montel Vontavious Porter. So MVP is a true veteran in the pro wrestling road. Absolutely. I popped when MVP came back. I was very excited when he came back. And I was either... I was even more excited when he created the Hurt Business. Fuck Vince McMahon for getting rid of the Hurt Business. They deserved a long, lengthy kind of run, reign pretty much, as a group. And that really sucked that they really got rid of them because they were getting over organically. Go figure. So MVP, like I said, is a true veteran of the pro wrestling road as he has competed in several promotions in his long career and is well aware of the changes in the industry has gone through over the years. MVP is also outspoken, like myself and many others in the IWC, and never migrates words when it comes to what he feels. I do the same, especially on social media. There are certain sections of pro wrestling fans who have a very congregated view of WWE's product, and it seems MVP decided to target them recently. I don't know why you're targeting us, MVP. You are just mad because we are vocal, and us being vocal comes off in a way as it's we're being crybabies. You know, we're bitching and complaining. Shut the fuck up and just enjoy it. How about you shut the fuck up and you go do your fucking job? Duh. Don't get mad at us for speaking our mind. Don't get mad at us because we don't like a certain storyline or a character or the way Monday Night Raw fucking sucks. You are on the worst show in pro wrestling. I don't give a fuck what you think, okay? Monday Night Raw is the worst wrestling show on the entire week. I don't even watch the fucking show. I don't. Okay? It's hard to get through. You can pinpoint one or two things on that show on a weekly basis. That is good. Everything else? Shit. Fucking sucks. Look at the women's division. Fucking sucks. There's no tag team division. The mid card, you have promise. But they're not doing anything with the United States Championship right now. That is interesting, me, really. They have people in place for it. Like Ricochet, John Morrison, you know, Humberto Carrillo, you know, the, the champion, Sheamus, and other people, they're in position to make the United States Championship picture pretty promising. Do they care? Probably not. MVP, Bobby Lashley, you guys are doing a tremendous job. I am a fan of what you guys are producing, but I'm tired of fuck of you facing Drew McIntyre. Go face somebody else. The fiend. Um, yeah, face somebody else. MVP, man, this is crazy. So MVP took to Twitter and called out fans for criticizing WWE's product, and especially when it comes to their fantasy bookings. Let me stop right there before I read what MVP has to say. Um, I'm very passionate about fantasy bookings. You guys know I do fantasy bookings all the time. I love it. You know, it gives me great pride in pretty much booking, you know, characters and storylines 
in terms of how I would position people and storylines, how I would do it. You know, half of my ideas, actually, I'm going to be cocky as fuck right now. And I rarely am. But majority of my storylines are better than what I see from the WWE. I want to make that perfectly clear. Okay. There's a lot of people in the IWC that come up with storylines and, and uh, character development. And they do a better job than what the WWE has given us. Us fans in the IWC come up with better characters and better storylines than what the WWE has given us. MVP probably doesn't think so. That's fine. But we know as a fan base, we know as a community that we come up with better characters and storylines than what the WWE creative team and what Vince McMahon are actually bringing to the table on a weekly basis on WWE TV. MVP, go fuck yourself. Stop being a whiny baby. You are whining because we're pretty much doing fantasy bookings. Have you thought about it being fun? It's fun to do that. It's fun to be in the king chair. How would we do this and that? Woo, 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 woo. Storylines, characters, promos, presentation. How would we do it? That's fun to us. To you, you think it's annoying. It is what it is. So MVP had this to say. Two things today wrestling fans love. Observation about what or who is coming next based on their fantasy booking. Criticizing whatever wrestling show they're watching based on their fantasy booking. I'm going to speak again before I move on. MVP. We watch Monday Night Raw. I'm going to take Monday Night Raw, for example. They gave us something very fun. And you were in the group, my brother. You were in the group, fam. The Hurt Business. That got over organically. Did anybody fucking come up with the fucking group, The Hurt Business? Nobody came up with that night. Nobody did. We seen it. And we said to ourselves, hmm, we like this. We are fans of this. Once Vince McMahon seen that we were fans of it, gone. Done. We didn't come up with the hurt business. You guys did. So that's a check one off you being stupid. Number two. Did we come up with Matt Riddle and Randy Orton being a, a tantrum? We didn't do that either. We seen it. We said to ourselves, you know what? We like this. I like Matt Riddle and Randy Orton being a duo. So that's number two of you being an idiot. We didn't come up with that. Know what you're talking about, MVP, please. Stop shitting on the fans. It is becoming very, number one, funny. And number two, it's sad. WWE is always shitting on their fan base. I don't understand why. That's not good. We are very passionate. We care. We're always going to do fantasy bookings. That is never going to stop. Okay? It's just not. So you just got to get over it and move on. And just don't look at it then. Don't look at it if you don't like what you are seeing. In terms of fantasy bookings. Hey MVP, have you thought about like me and other doing fantasy bookings? Have you looked at any of our cards or storylines and character development and say to yourself, damn, that's actually pretty good. It's pretty better than what the WWE is giving us right now. I'm just saying, man, this is ridiculous. So MVP finished up and said, Well, people like you and you are the same garbage every week. So He's shitting on the fan base. And it is what it is. It is what it is. So we actually seen some fan tweet to MVP and said, so you think people will like the same garbage every week? 100 rematches, which is fact. Monday Night Raw is very accustomed to giving us the same fucking matches week after week after week. There's no character development there there is no storyline development there that just shows that you guys are lazy yeah we're gonna take a week off we're gonna give you guys john morrison and ricochet for the 10th time 
this month. So MVP had this to say as a reply to him, which was very funny. Well, people like you and you are the same garbage every week. So, okay, that was pretty funny. But at the same time, you were shitting on the fan base. Stop shitting on the fan base. I shouldn't have took that long talking about that, but like I said, MVP really put a foot in his mouth. As usual, another wrestler putting a foot in their mouth, disrespecting their fan base. Good job, MVP. Now, we're going to talk about Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. The tribal chief, the head of the table, says that he thinks he's going to pass the torch to Drew McIntyre. So Roman Reigns wants to pass the torch to Drew McIntyre. You guys remember when Triple H stated months ago that depending on how they're presented and pushed on a consistent basis, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns can be the Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rock of this generation. Um, I laughed and I said, that's not happening. Now, you got to do a lot for Drew McIntyre. You really have to do a lot to Drew McIntyre to even think that he's on a Stone Cold Steve Austin level. Period. I don't see it. But uh, So, Roman Reigns is the head of the table in WWE, and he will not acknowledge anyone as number one over him. But there is a strong number two. The Tribal Chief is still the WWE Universal Champion as he heads towards Edge at Money in the Bank. But if he had his wishes, that torch would be passed to Drew McIntyre. While speaking the cheap heat with Peter Rosenberg, I did watch that interview. It was a great interview. Shout out to Peter Rosenberg of the Cheap Heat podcast. Big wrestling fan as well. Roman Reigns was asked about who is directly under him in WWE. Reigns said that we could list two or three all day, but he is still the top dog. I hate when they call him the top dog. He's a tribal chief, not the top dog, but that's just me being nitpicky. No matter which brand you're discussing, Drew McIntyre had an impressive run as WWE champion during the Thunderdome days. Yes, he has. When during the pandemic era of pro wrestling in WWE, Drew McIntyre really held that company down, along with Sasha Banks, Bailey, Seth Rollins, and then Roman Reigns when he returned. So did The Fiend. The Fiend did some things as well. And Asuka. You cannot forget Asuka. So those are the names that really held WWE down during the pandemic era. So he's knocking off Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36 in front of zero fans. Did Drew McIntyre. And he carried that title through the Thunderdome until Bobby Lashley was able to topple him. And the almighty remains WWE champion. If given his preference, Roman Reigns said that he will pass the torch to Drew McIntyre. So Roman Reigns had this to say. I quote, I could say my favorite too is Drew. That's pretty funny. It rhymed. Um, so he's my favorite too. Threes, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Roman Reigns is so funny. I feel like this is him in character, but this is him also being just Joe and just talking. I love this. So we can rank them. It really doesn't matter. They're under me. How far under? Who really knows? Who really cares at this point? I mean, how strong a number two do you want to be at this point? And right now, my favorite two is Drew McIntyre. So he continued. So in a perfect world, if there was any opportunity to pass the torch to him, he's the one guy I think that has the that is capable of my attention in that manner. But at the same time, he ain't there. And it's only because I'm still here and so solid within my foothold, my stronghold, so the flag firmly planted in. So I can't even think about it now, but I mean, in order to know, John Cena needed someone to come in so he can go and do other things and take care of his body. I will eventually need that, but there's just nobody at this point. Before I continue, I want to let you know Roman Reigns was talking facts. Roman Reigns was speaking truth. There is nobody under Roman Reigns. Drew McIntyre, check this out. 
They got to do a lot to Drew McIntyre. They really do. Management and creative have to work together to make Drew McIntyre feel like a number two dude where Roman Reigns, I easily see him going to Hollywood eventually. Either him taking time off or whatever the case might be. They got to work on finding that next dude to take the throne off Roman Reigns. Period. Is Drew McIntyre that dude? I don't know. I really don't know. I want to say yes, but I want to say no at the same time. No from the standpoint of, I just don't see Drew as a dude that, you know, was going to carry Monday Night Raw and be a top draw like that. It could happen. You know, WWE booking can change anybody and make them a top, you know, superstar. Look at Bailey, for example. Look at Becky Lynch, for example. Look how popular both Becky Lynch and Bailey are. So it could definitely be done for sure. But is Drew McIntyre the right person? It looks like it because management really, really loves Drew McIntyre. So we'll see what happens. I just don't want Drew McIntyre to be shoved down our throats and everything like that with Roman Reigns. And right now, Drew McIntyre, to me, to many others in IWC, not everybody, but there are some people out there that feel like Drew McIntyre is being pushed similar to when Roman Reigns was being pushed down our throats. So, shout out to the Tribal Chief for speaking facts. Nobody right now is on his level. Nobody. And WWE has not built up one person to be able to take the throne off of Roman Reigns and be believable in that aspect. I've stated many times. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth before I move on to a topic in AEW, and then I got Impact Wrestling to follow. So, Roman Reigns is the Universal Champion. Roman Reigns has to pass 300 days as the Universal Champion and at the head of the table on Friday nights. I've stated on Twitter that Roman Reigns needs to hold that championship for a very, very long time. How long is very long time? Very long fucking time, okay? Roman Reigns is the best act in pro wrestling right now, bar none. Roman Reigns is pretty much the only reason why people are watching Friday Night SmackDown. Let's keep it a stat. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Roman Reigns, I feel like, you know, he already broke Brock Lesnar's you know, reign as 300 days as universal champion. I want him to break CM Punk's reign. I'm going to go further. This might be controversial, but this needs to be said, and I'm going to be the first one to say it. Roman Reigns needs to beat Walter's reign as universal champion. I'll even say this. Fuck that, bro. I'm going to keep going. I want, at the end of the day, I want Roman Reigns to either come close or beat Bruno San Martino's reign as world champion. Because to me, when someone beats Roman Reigns, yo, it's going to be a big fucking deal. It is going to be a big deal. It's going to feel important. It's going to feel big. And yeah, he's past 300 days. I don't give a fuck about that. I want this dude to pass 800 days. I want this guy to go through 1,000 days as world champion. Look at Walter. If you can do what you're doing with Walter, why can't you do it with Roman Reigns? You feel me? That makes so much sense. Nobody is on Roman Reigns' level, so you cannot take the championship off someone that is doing the best work of his entire career. He is carrying Friday Night SmackDown. And that's all it is. Period. You have to wait patiently until you find that one guy who has been built up and is believable to take down Roman Reigns. Until then, Roman Reigns needs to retain the Universal Championship for the foreseeable future. That's my piece, not only on this article. But that's my piece 
regarding Roman Reigns as Universal Champion. Do it right, Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman. You guys know I am correct on this. I don't care what you got to say, Roman Reigns. Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to be, you know, no, 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 no. You have been the best thing in pro wrestling in a very long time. At the end of the day, this reign is going to go down as one of the greatest reigns in WWE history. I want you to be the best world champion in company history. I do want you to go to a thousand days, 800 days. I'm not lying to you. Three, four years reigning supreme, reigning king in the WWE. Because when you lose, oh my God, it's going to feel, it's going to feel like someone won the Royal Rumble. You know, it, it's going to be a big deal, a blockbuster deal that people are going to be talking about. I don't give a fuck if there are people in the IWC. Oh, Roman Reigns is boring. The same shit with the U.S. Shut the fuck up. Fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know long-term storytelling. Roman Reigns and his reign is going to go long-term. <clears throat> and it's going to benefit that one wrestler that beats him. You cannot just give me any Joe Schmo to beat Roman Reigns. You got to find that one guy. That one guy like John Cena says. Remember when John Cena was like, they finally found this one guy. The guy. The Roman Reigns. The guy that can keep up. And then when I look at you, I listen to you. You should be ashamed I'm a part-timer. Because I can do this part-time better than you could ever do it full-time. And he dropped the fucking mic. How did I remember that, motherfucker? I remember this shit. That ending with that promo. We can potentially get that with Roman Reigns and the new cat. WWE posted something on social media that really interests me very much so. Do you guys remember where John Cena beat Kurt Angle? Clean. Right? Or, excuse me, he lost. He lost. Kurt Angle uh, beat John Cena via roll-up. Right? And Undertaker, right, was backstage when he seen John Cena. John Cena was talking to Rikishi and a couple of other folks, a couple of his other colleagues. And Rikishi said, have a good day, man. And John Cena mentioned, well, like, what are you talking about? He turns around. He sees the GOAT, Undertaker. And Undertaker was pretty much giving props to John Cena. Good match, kid. You remember that? I know you guys remember that because I remember that. If you don't remember that, go, go look on Twitter because they did post that. I mentioned that we need to see something similar with Roman Reigns and a new blood that comes in that beats Roman Reigns. When they have that handshake, that is the guy that needs to defeat Roman Reigns. I'm dead ass serious. I'm not playing around. They need to pretty much copy paste. I know copy and pasting in pro wrestling sucks. People don't like it. But they need to pretty much copy and paste John Cena, Undertaker from 2002 on episode of SmackDown. And they need to copy and paste that with Roman Reigns and somebody on SmackDown in this generation. Because they call Roman Reigns the locker room leader. I remember Undertaker called Roman Reigns this generation's locker room leader. Seth Rollins has called him that. So many people in the pro wrestling business, they called Roman Reigns a locker room leader. He's that dude. So whoever beats Roman Reigns, you are going to get the ultimate rub of a lifetime. I know I'm right on this. I know what I'm talking about. I'm the creative king for a reason, man. I'm creative. So that's my piece on that. Um, I'm going to take a little break here real quick. I'm going to get some water. When I come back, we're going to talk about a topic from AEW featuring Eddie Kingston. And then we're going to end it with Impact Wrestling on today's podcast. See you guys in a second. 
What's good, y'all? I'm back. So, let's talk about some AEW. So, we're going to talk about Eddie Kingston here, man. Uh, very controversial. His views and opinions that took place over the past couple days. There are plenty of people in IWC that agree with him. There's also plenty of people in IWC that disagree with him. I have not given my views and opinions on what he mentioned until now, which I will be doing. So, Eddie Kingston fires back at criticism of WWE bashing promo after AEW went off the air last week. So, Eddie Kingston took the opportunity to address live fans in Daly's place following AEW Dynamite last Saturday. That video went viral because he took several shots at WWE in the process. So, I did see the video. I did hear what he said. I really did. So, some have clarified Kingston for taking the easy way in that promo. The fact that AEW has taken several shots at WWE since the company started at this is just the most recent. Eddie Kingston thinks that anyone needs to calm down. Or excuse me, everyone needs to calm down. So WrestleZone, shout out to WrestleZone. They had a chance to speak with Eddie Kingston about the situation. He made it clear that he's not going to bury the locker room that he's a part of, which that is absolutely facts. You should not be burying your own, you know, company. You shouldn't be burying your own locker room. That makes no sense. So he praised the AEW locker room in that promo for giving it their all. Then he circled back around to discussing how competition is great for pro wrestling. Like I said, before I continue this, I stated multiple times on this podcast, competition and collaboration in pro wrestling is a must and it needs to happen. We need to see more of it, man. We really need to see more of it in the second half of 2021. So here's what Eddie Kingston had to say. I quote, let's get this question out of the way. Let's all calm down. You think I'm going to go bury the locker room that I work for? No. Plus, I love this. I love our locker room. I love AEW. What do you want? Do you, what do you want from me? They're paying me. They're putting me on national television after it'll be 20 years in October. Of course, I'm going to raw, raw AEW. Relax. Relax. I expect people from other joint if they're allowed to mention our names. Kingston explained, they'll probably do the same thing because you know what I mean. They want their home team to win. It's just like the NFL or Major League Baseball, man. You want to go with your home. You want to go with your home team. AEW is my home team. That's my squad. That's my family. He continued, "Man, competition's good. Watch pro wrestling. I don't care. I grew up during the days in the '90s where you had guys in ECW calling out everybody. You had WCW doing everything that they could to beat World Wrestling Federation at the time. They did it too. It's good. Competitions." good for everybody y'all because then everybody watches pro wrestling when everybody watches it for those who are in or for those who are into for this this happens indicates making money i'm into it because i love it and <clears throat> i never want to do anything else but anyway i disagree because i could keep talking for hours but for what happened for the aftermath for the after show let everyone go home happy People can go and be butthurt and say stupid shit and people didn't want to relax. Let's all love it. Let's all love this. Let's just relax. I apologize for the kind of stuttering a little bit there. Um, my throat is really aching the shit on me. That's why I got this water right now. So, listen. <laughs> I don't hate what he said. I really don't. You know, pro wrestling fans. I'm talking to pro wrestling fans out there. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people that shit on AEW, but praise WWE. They shit on New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling. If you are not supporting AEW for these AEW faithfuls out there, you're dead to them. Same thing with the WWE fans out there. There are a lot of WWE fans that are for WWE no matter what they do. But they shit on New Japan Pro Wrestling 
Impact Wrestling, AEW, ROH, and every other pro wrestling, you know, company out there. That's fucking ridiculous. You know, see, I'm going to speak for me. I'm a pro wrestling fan. I watch AEW. I watch Impact Wrestling. I watch New Japan. Of course, I watch the WWE. I cover more WWE than any other pro wrestling promotion out there. That doesn't mean I don't watch these shows. I watch Impact on a regular basis. I don't cover it, yes. But you know what? I'm liking what Impact is doing. I'll get to them in a second after I finish up with this topic. But Eddie Kingston is speaking facts. That's his opinion. You know, pro wrestling right now needs to start collabing with each other. And we need to see start to see more partnerships in pro wrestling right now because I want to see pro wrestling get back into the mainstream. I want to see pro wrestling get hot again. Once when fans come back, it's going to be a great thing to see. Hopefully pro wrestling can pretty much rebound for the duration of 2021 this year. We'll see what happens, but I completely agree with what Eddie Kingston said. No complaints from me. Speaking of Impact Wrestling, y'all, let's talk about Impact Wrestling. And I want to shout out this company because they are doing some great stuff. And I'm a big fan of what they're doing. I cannot wait for Slammiversary. I will be talking about Slammiversary when that comes out <clears throat> in the next couple weeks. So please stay tuned to that. So this is, I'm going to take article in terms of Impact Wrestling. I'm going to take it from Walt Culture. And they say five ways Impact Wrestling is outclassing the competition right now. So shout out to Adam Morrison for the article. So he says, as the headline suggests, Impact Wrestling are on a completely different level right now. This is a guy that obviously watches Impact Wrestling on a weekly basis, not like myself. I'm on and off. I watch it sometimes and then I don't. But I do watch Impact Wrestling. I do know what's going on. Everything they're doing is very fun right now. I am really invested into what Impact Wrestling is doing. They need to get a lot more shine. They really do. But, you know, it is what it is. So he continues and says, It's been that way ever since Scott Demore and Don Callis were appointed the executive vice presidents late in 2017. The pair have certainly changed the face of the company that not long ago before this was essentially on its way out of the business. Yeah, Impact Wrestling at that time was in a heavy dilemma. They were getting made fun of and it was pretty embarrassing and it was pretty sad to say the least. So he says, in short, there almost wasn't an Impact Wrestling for Scott Demore and Callis to take over. The changes they made to the former Total Nonstop Action or surreal, even though I, I, I miss Total Nonstop Action, I miss the symbols TNA, I really do. From the mass roster changes to the way they handle said talents to the way that they build and create legitimate must-see storylines out of the most basic concepts imaginable. Scott and Don made Impact Wrestling a place to actively enjoy professional wrestling again. They have, shout out to Scott Demore and Don Callis for actually making Impact pretty must-see television on a weekly basis on Access TV. I just wish that they had a bigger platform to put their TV show on. That's pretty much been my main problem. So, even just with Demore in charge now, the company is thriving immensely. There's typically at least one Janine must-see match from each week episode. Often three to four, it's a pay-per-view. Top names like Sammy Callahan and Jordan Grace are resigning, pro uh, proving that Impact is a viable contender on the market again. Kenny Omega is their world champion for crying out loud. Exactly. If Impact Wrestling wasn't all that, or if Impact Wrestling wasn't rebranding themselves in a positive light, Jordan Grace, Moose, who recently resigned, and Sammy Callahan, these people who are big-time players in the pro wrestling game, they wouldn't have resigned with Impact Wrestling. I love this. You know, like I said, we got to give Impact Wrestling a little bit more credit. They are doing a great job. The X Division is returning at Slammiversary, and I cannot wait. I'm very excited. Ever since I watched Impact all those decades ago, you know, the X Division and the Women's Division, Knockouts Division, were really must-see television. And I'm finally happy 
that they're bringing the X division back. I can't wait. So Impact Wrestling is delivering some of its greatest content right now, some of which they're doing miles better than the other competition. So they have the list right here. I'm actually going to read and continue to read this article, guys. So it's going to be pretty long. So stay with me. Number five, creating new stars. Kier Hogan and Tasha Stills went from just two other knockouts to the knockouts tag team champions in under a year. Manorum and Fulton became actively enjoyable to watch alongside Ace Austin. I love Ace Austin, having been deemed another WWE cast off upon his Impact debut. Josh Alexander, who's fucking incredible. Shout out to Josh Alexander, wrestling machine right now in Impact Wrestling. While um, another familiar name to diehard indie wrestling stands has been captured to new heights as the X Division champion, being the face of that division as it undergoes a massive revamp. They name other people as well. Um, so the point is here that WWE could never do this with so many talents at once. That is facts. On Raw alone, Angel Garza has conservatively dropped down the card compared to where he stood this time last year. Keith Lee went from a dominating figure in NXT to being a nobody on the main roster. Ricochet, T-Bar, and the Viking Raiders all stifled the same fate. While AEW have managed to achieve such a thing to a certain extent, at least they haven't done this with so many names at the same time. Sean Spears, for example, spent his entire AEW days clawing for anything meaningful prior to becoming a Pinnacle member. This applies to an assemble of his fellow roster members. He's not wrong in anything he's, that this person is saying right now. Impact Wrestling knows how to create new stars. Impact Wrestling knows how to use every single wrestler to the best of their ability on that roster. That is a fact. This is great so far. I'm really enjoying this article. Number four, gimmick matches aren't needed. This should be interesting. It's simple. Impact Wrestling doesn't need gimmick matches, let alone gimmick pay-per-views. Every year, WWE treats us to events such as Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber, and Extreme Rules, meaning you have to wait until such an event to see those tier matches. It works for the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank because naturally, there's actually an extensive to watch those pay-per-views. The Royal Rumble winner, for example, intentionally becomes the face of the company for a while. Let's reflect on Impact's use of gimmick matches throughout 2021 this far. Can't wait to hear this. Let's see. Sammy Callahan's barbed wire massacre and last man standing bouts versus Eddie Edwards and Trey Miguel, two incredible talents in Impact Wrestling. Respectfully, we're required to bring an end to those two immensely personal story arcs. Jake's something's tables match against both DeMar and Rusine mercilessly acted as a way to conclude their minor stories because neither of them were important enough to warrant a tougher stipulation. Willie Mack, I love Willie Mack, and Will Mosley recent no disqualification match, much like Fire and Flava and Havoc and Issa, um Toronto uh, tag team match at No Surrender needed an extra bit of spice because the level had gotten to such to a state that these stipulations were immensely needed. So they also talked about how uh, Bobby Lashley and Xavier Woods on a cell match the night after the name stank pay-per-view didn't need to happen whatsoever, which it didn't need to happen. And it was ridiculous that it happened. So overall, he's pretty much complimenting Impact Wrestling. Um, I don't want to read the whole article here, but uh, if you guys haven't read it, go to walkculture.com, click their links, and go read the articles. But overall, I love what I was reading here. Impact Wrestling is doing a tremendous job. They know how to book people. They know how to book characters. They know how to book storylines. And they're doing the best right now in pro wrestling from pretty much managing their wrestlers and putting them in important positions. You know, gimmick matches aren't just thrown together in Impact Wrestling. 
They have long-term storytelling. And you can't really hate what Impact Wrestling is doing, y'all. So shout out to Impact Wrestling. Shout out to Scott DeMore. Shout out to Don Callis, who's killing on AEW with the cleaner, Kenny Omega. Great stuff. Like I said, Slammiversary, I can't wait to cover. Stay tuned to the podcast. We're kind of much rebranding here in terms of the name and the logo, but uh, everything's going to come full circle. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today on your Friday. Like I said, subscribe and follow to the Wrestling Takeover on all available podcast platforms. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Follow the podcast at the Wrestling Takeover. I love each and every one of you guys. Thank you for the continued love and support. This is the Creative King, and I'm signing off. You guys take care.